I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Hello and welcome back to Practical Stoicism. My name is Tanner Campbell. And before we get started today, I wanted to read a review that I received from a listener with some critical feedback. It comes from Zach and reads as follows. Great podcast. I think the episode should be re-listened to but it's difficult when there's so much content about the podcast's rating, book promotion, and gratitude for listening. Would appreciate it if that could be kept to 30 seconds or less each episode, so re-listening is easier. Now I'm going to be honest with you. When I first read this, it stung a little bit, and I got a little defensive, because I thought, well, why is it a problem that I thank people, or that I promote my book occasionally on a podcast that I produce for free? And how dare Zach give me production notes? How dare he? So as you can see, I had a very unstoic response to that initially. Then I sat with it for a few minutes and I realized that Zach was right. I create this podcast to be useful, to teach people, to help people. And the preambles, like the one I'm doing right now, sorry, Zach, (laughs) and mentions of the book delay my purpose in every episode. And realizing that, I wondered if I might be able to do the podcast without those things, without the ad that runs, the one you just heard, without the mentions of the book, and without the thanks ahead of the meditations. And initially, I didn't think that I could do that. You see, I want to spend more time doing this sort of work. I enjoy it more than the other work I do in podcasting and marketing. That's my day job. I think most of you know that by now. And with the audience growing the way that it is, it's clear that I do have an opportunity to to do that, to make this philosophical endeavor a full-time focus. But, of course, a full-time focus means money. There's no getting around that. And there are two ways to make money in podcasting. The first is passive. And an example of passive would be the ad you heard at the beginning of this episode. It's passive because you can't avoid it. You don't necessarily have to do anything, but you can't avoid it, and I get paid for you hearing it. The second is active, such as reminding you that I have a book that you can purchase on Amazon. So my conundrum is that if I want to put more work into practical stoicism, I have to find the time to do so. And to find the time to do so, I have to replace the income, because time is money. So I have to run ads and remind you of my book. It's the only way I have to do that. And so again, at first, when I read this feedback from Zach, I didn't think I was going to be able to accommodate the point he was making. 
So I spoke to some friends who are also in the podcasting space, and they said, well, why don't you provide a second podcast feed that people can elect to pay to subscribe to and that doesn't have ads or preambles? Now, I direct my clients to do this kind of thing all the time, right? This is a normal thing in podcasting. You're probably familiar with it. I'm sure you listen to podcasts that say, hey, subscribe to my Patreon or whatever it is. But what's the old saying? The landscaper's yard is always unkempt. I guess I'm the landscaper in this case. But it was a good idea. So Zach and anyone else who feels as Zach does, that's what I've decided to do. In the show notes of this episode, you will find a link to subscribe to an ad and preamble free version of this podcast for $6 a month. The only difference between that feed and the feed you're listening to right now is that on that feed, I will cut off the stuff at the beginning and get right into the content. So no preamble, no substantial welcome or thank you or book pitch or any of that, and no ads in front of the show. I think that that's a perfect solution for people like Zach who want to get right into the content, and it doesn't take away from the only methods I have to turn this show into a full-time endeavor for those of you who don't mind the ad and the preamble stuff. And one extra perk because of the way I'm choosing to do this for people who do subscribe to this new feed, individual episodes. Meaning if you as a subscriber to that new feed ask me a question, I can answer it in audio form and push it to your podcast player and only you'll be able to hear it. So it'll show up as an episode where you listen, but it won't show up as an episode for anybody else. So it'll be like a private one-on-one -on -one response to any questions that you might have. And that'll actually be kind of helpful for me because if I'm being honest, I get a lot of emails and it's easier for me to talk through things. You might guess I'm a podcaster, so it's easier for me to talk through things than to answer emails. And I get about a dozen questions from all of you every week. And so it would be cool to be able to respond in audio form since that's kind of how you know me. So again, link in the show notes if that sounds interesting to you. The support is greatly appreciated. And Zach, thank you. While I did initially feel a sting for the feedback that you gave, you made me think about it, and I hope that this solve that I've come up with is an acceptable response to your feedback. So again, thank you. Now, with that preamble out of the way, let's get into Meditation 7 of Book 3, which is another favorite of mine, and reads as follows. Never regard something as doing you good if it makes you betray a trust or lose your sense of shame or makes you show hatred, suspicion, ill will, or hypocrisy, or a desire for things best done behind closed doors. If you can privilege your own mind, your guiding spirit and your reverence for its powers, that should keep you clear of dramatics, of wailing and gnashing of teeth. You won't need solitude, or a cast of thousands either. Above all, you will be free of fear and desire. And how long your body will contain the soul that inhabits it will cause you not a moment's worry. If it is time for you to go, leave willingly, as you would to accomplish anything that can be done with grace and honor. And concentrate on this your whole life long, for your mind to be in the right state, the state a rational and civic mind should be in. How many times have you gone through with an action, or the saying of words especially, that you would be embarrassed to have done or said in plain view of the public. I know for myself it's been many times in my past. When we are mad, we might say things that we know full well we would never say in public. And if that's true, why do we say them? Why do we say things we know we shouldn't? And does doing this create almost a shadow version of ourselves? The person we are behind closed doors and the person we are in public, or the person we are with some people and the person we really are? 
And if we do this too much, does it become hard to keep the former, the person we are in private, from the latter, the person we are in public or with certain individuals? When we habituate unvirtuous behavior or language in our private lives, we create a reality where we must actively work to keep that behavior or language from showing up in our public lives, and it creates an immense amount of tension until eventually the person you are in secret comes through and expresses itself in a public setting and you are embarrassed for it, shamed for it. Maybe you severely damage your career, an important relationship. You're outed as somebody who is not who they say they are. It is easy to be whomever you want in private, to be who you really are, to think whatever things you may want to think, to do whatever things you may want to do, because in private, there are no ramifications for your behavior or language. But that version of yourself is your true self. And if you are not that version of yourself, your true self in public, then the public version of you that everyone knows is actually a facade, a facade that you are exhausting yourself to keep up. So ask yourself this, do I want to pretend I am a good and decent person, or do I want to be one? There's a saying that is unrelated to Stoicism, or perhaps not unrelated, but not from the tradition anyway, that goes something like, there are two wolves in everyone. One is noble, and one is not. These wolves are locked in a fight for dominance over the other, and the one that wins is the one you feed. If memory serves, it's a Native American saying, and from the Cherokee tradition, if I'm not mistaken. And it's exactly the same concept that's being discussed here by Marcus. When you feed your wolf, you do it in private. If you fester in negativity at home, if you fester in your unvirtuous thoughts and actions while you are alone, you are nurturing a terrible version of yourself. Those things you say that you'd be embarrassed to have others hear, those behaviors you express that you'd be embarrassed to have others see, those things you know are no good, the more time you spend with them, the more frequently you allow yourself to express them without stopping to say, hey, I shouldn't say this. This is wrong. I shouldn't do this. This isn't in alignment with the development of a virtuous mind. The more you do that, the more difficult it becomes to stop yourself and you become almost addicted to these things. They are like sirens luring you off the path and to ruin. Now, I want to be clear here that I'm not talking about, and Marcus wasn't talking about, things the public would shame you for simply because the public was wrong about something. If the public, for example, thinks it's shameful to like the color pink, but you love the color pink, this meditation isn't suggesting you conform to society's subjective opinion of what colors you should choose to like. This meditation isn't telling you that anything you do or think that the public would mock or shame you for should be abandoned or considered to be a plague on your quest for virtue. That is not what's being said. This meditation is telling us to act the way we know we should act, to act and speak in ways that if those things were put up on a big projection screen in the middle of town, this meditation is telling us to act the way we know we should act, to act and speak in ways that if those things were put up on a big projection screen in the middle of town for everyone to see and hear, we would stand by what we said and we would do so without reservation. This meditation is about making sure that the private version of you is the best version of you so that when your private life is exposed to the outside world, there is nothing for you personally to be ashamed of because you are, in private and public, exactly who you aim to be.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Practical Stoicism. I appreciate you spending your Saturday mornings with me or whenever it is that you're listening. Remember, if you would like to subscribe to the ad-free, preamble-free, Zachary-approved version of this podcast, there is a link in the show notes of this episode for you to learn more about how to do that. Thank you again for listening. I truly appreciate you. And until next time, take care. Take care.